Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Headspace Sessions podcast. You're talking with Maya in Paris right now. Hello. You've never heard from us before. Happy to be here. Yes, super pumped. I'm mm. really excited to be part of this project. I'm super excited to hopefully get to know some of our listeners or yeah. at least be able to inform you guys of some cool content. Exactly. And yeah, I'm just excited that it's all starting. I've had a lot of build up. I've told a lot of friends. My parents are invested, so I can't wait. Yeah, to I'm really get hoping that there are going to be some cool people listening because yeah. my mum told me that she'll listen, but if she's our <laughs> only listener, I'm I'm going to be moderately unhappy, but yeah. that's all right. I have faith that you guys are going to dig dig what we've got. Um yeah. so welcome. Hello and thank you for joining us. However mm-hmm. many of you there may yeah. or may not be. Thank you for coming along. Yeah. Um, we are probably going to kick off by, I don't know, do you want to introduce a bit about ourselves yeah, so yeah. these guys know who we get are? Get to know us, get comfortable. So I'm Paris, I'm 19 years old and yeah, love Headspace, love everything about it, happy to be part of it. I do comedy, I do a bit of radio gear and I'm just happy to hang out. I love mental health and I'm really passionate about sharing a positive message and opening the dialogue that young people need to get invested in. So yeah, yeah, that's me. And I'm Maya and I'm 19 and I have a background in in acting and in filmmaking and in theatre and I'm super, super passionate about young people. I think Mm -hmm. that we are a great species and I'm really interested in engaging with young people and facilitating discussions about mental health. I have had lots of lots of battles and triumphs with my own personal mental health and I'm really open to chatting about it and hopefully being able to help somebody else. So I'm super, super pumped to be part of this this project. We also have Harrison who will, I'm sure, introduce himself in a second and he's also on our team and he's yeah. pretty funky. He's the boy, the boy of the group. You know, he's outnumbered by us too, so yeah. Look forward to him coming in later on. So if you're wondering why we're doing this, why you've got some randoms chatting to you, mm-hmm. essentially Headspace – well, I'll tell you a little bit about yeah. Headspace. Yeah, let's Headspace get into is the national is a national youth mental health foundation which um, provides early intervention mental health services to 12 to 25-year-olds. So essentially it's here to help young people through tough times. And the service is designed to make it as easy as it is possibly possible for a young person and their family (laughs) to access the help that they need. And they're all about covering four main areas. Yeah, I'll share the areas if you like. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so there's mental health, physical health, work and study support and also alcohol and other drug services. So we'll divulge more into all of those later on in the podcast and in every single episode we'll really talk in depth about what Headspace has to offer. But let's talk a little bit about general mental health. So that's what this whole episode is all about. Exactly. Now, general mental health, what is this? I feel like a lot of us kind of get Mm. spoken to about looking after our mental health and our well-being, whether it's at school or by your friends or your family members or your boss at work but essentially good mental health is about being able to work and study and live life to your full potential and to be able to cope to the day-to-day life stresses now if those stresses in life are becoming too much or they're weighing down Mm. on you and making it really difficult for you to do the things that you'd normally be able to do then maybe you need to be spending a little bit of time doing some self-care checking in with your head 
yeah, with your head space even. Yeah, but <laughs> definitely like all of us have those days where we don't want to get out of bed or we're just feeling a little bit low. Um, maybe it's even good to look after ourselves on those days, except for we're talking about if you feel like you can never put 100% into things, maybe you're not enjoying the things that you used to love and you feel like you don't want to do them anymore because you just can't be bothered or you're feeling down on yourself. Um, that's what we're getting at. And I'll share a couple stats with you as well. Oh, yes. um, one in four young Aussies experience a mental health problem and three and four won't get the help they need so that's 75 percent that aren't going out there reaching out to anyone and that's why we're here we're here to educate you but also let you know who you can reach out to and anonymously even if that's what you choose exactly and I think there's something to be said about the fact that it's one in four that's like a whole quarter of us young people mm-hmm. who are going through tough times and I think that really in a sense, kind of normalises it to the point where we should be totally chill about yeah. talking about this with other people, like whether you yourself are having a bit of a rough patch with your well-being and your headspace or whether it's your friends. I think one thing that I really like about young people is we've got this good sense of being there for your friend and having their back and supporting them. So, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're listening for yourself or you're listening on behalf of somebody else. I think it's just really great that, like, young people can be there for each other and that's what's awesome about about Headspace is it's all about young people. There are young people that are involved in all the processes. Like there's heaps Mm -hmm. of young people that provide feedback to Headspace. So it's all really catered for young people. So just young people like us. And, you know, if your friend breaks their leg, you'll help them up the stairs and the same should go for mental health. If your friend's feeling a little bit down or even yourself, then there's no shame in asking for a bit of help to get those everyday tasks done. Yeah, totally. That is is very, very, very important to remember. And I think it's also important to remember that with mental health there is like generally never just one cause which I think is such a common misconception like a lot of people go oh are you feeling sad you're feeling stressed we'll just eliminate this one this one problem and suddenly you'll be cured but I just it's it's not like that life isn't it isn't really that simple and yeah there's a whole bunch of it's different causes definitely right? but one thing that people love to say is oh you're feeling upset what's wrong or, you know, what's the matter? What's going on with you? And mm. sometimes we don't have an answer to that because it's not just one thing. Maybe it's nothing at all. It's just deep yeah. down inside there's, you know, you're hurting, you're feeling sensitive. That's totally fine. Um, I've experienced these times when even listening to music on my phone, I just think I can't handle the emotion in the music <laughs> because I'm so sensitive right now that like all I can listen to is the silence. So, you know, it's so hard to pick yeah. just one thing. But um, we'll go through a couple common causes. Maybe this could be you. Maybe it's not, but a couple of things that are possible. So your early life experiences, this is a really tough one, guys. It's abuse, neglect, loss of family and friends. Um, that can be, yeah, that can be pretty yeah. tough. I don't know. Like I, I certainly have a lot of people in my life who've gone through that and they even years on are still kind of trying to mm-hmm. deal with those events. But I think when you can also pinpoint you know, perhaps it's this or even just entertain the idea of perhaps it's things that have gone on when I was younger. I mean, that's yeah. that's a step forward in being able to really understand what's going on in your noggin. Yeah, exactly. And when people say loss as well, it's very common to think loss is in a family or friend passing away, but it's not always that. Sometimes you lose friends because they've moved away or your family doesn't have a great relationship with each other. So you've lost really predominant figures in your life. And that can be really hard to go through and sort of that rolls into individual factors. So it affects your self-esteem and your coping skills and your everyday thinking system is altered by what those around you are doing. 
Yeah, and there's also like your current circumstances. So I don't know, maybe some of you guys are at school or at uni or maybe you're not doing that and you're working, you know, whatever the case is. But school and work and stress, Mm. money problems, personal relationships, family problems, those things that are currently happening to you are also something that is worth considering. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got biological factors. You know, for some people there's a family history of mental health and if you happen to know that and there are people in your family that you can can chat to about that and get advice from, that's great. Yeah, definitely. But a lot of people have family units where that stuff's just not spoken about and there are heaps of other ways um, that you can cope with your mental health and look at your well-being. Um, it's just about finding the people you can chat to and sometimes they're not in your family. Sometimes yeah. they're somebody at Headspace or they're a friend or a teacher. Yeah, and the great thing about Headspace is as well that it doesn't come with a string attached or a judgment. It's just somewhere that you can talk and if you want the advice, they'll give it. And if not, it's just someone to listen to your problems and, you know, that's fantastic. But with your family, if you know that there's a bit of history of mental health there, just take up, like take care of yourself, sorry, and, you know, just self-care. That's what it's all about. I love a lot of bit of self-care sometimes Mm. if I'm feeling kind of lazy, I'll just have a really nice bath and I'll put yeah. like really bougie lotions all yes. over and wash my hair and I would like pamper myself and I go, no, 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 it's self-care. I'm not yeah. being lazy, not procrastinating. I'm looking after looking yeah. after my mind, body and soul. I'm a $10 tie <laughs> neck massage girl, you know, when you like... You you're actually in, get them for 10 bucks. Yeah, like oh, shopping centres, Adelaide Central Market for all of you out there wondering where you can get the $10 massages. But yeah, just... <laughs> Yeah, they're so good. Like I'll just be walking, especially in year 12. I went to school down the road from one and I would just wander in, get a $10 massage in my lunch break, go back to English studies and, you know, get into it and commit. That would be so good. I I actually feel like I could spend a a lot of money doing that though because you just, you could keep coming back and $10 is suddenly $50. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess wrapping up on what we just spoke Mm. about, feeling down or angry or stressy or you know whatever it's normal it's it's a normal thing but it's important to be aware of when these things are prolonged and they're really affecting your everyday life Mm -hmm. so for example I know for me personally I knew that something was up when I started to really not want to do the things I'd always wanted to do for me acting and and um, singing was such a huge part of my life from the age of about five, and I'd been doing it professionally. And then I suddenly just didn't want to didn't want to do any kind of creative projects. Stopped like going to yeah. acting classes, and I started to really realize, oh, wow, the everyday stresses are actually really starting to affect the things that I'd normally mm-hmm. love to do. Yeah, and I definitely it wasn't just for a couple days where I had problems like that. It was a couple weeks, and then the couple weeks turned into a couple months, and that's when you think you know, something is not right here. I was getting up, I'd look around my room and think there's no point in being awake today and I would sleep until nighttime that night, wake up for dinner and go back to bed and that was weeks Mm. on end at one point. So, you know, we all have those times and the way that I got through it was talking to other people and I reached out to my own parents and they said, so what do we have to change to accommodate to your mental health and how can we make things better? Um, But we don't always have our parents and that's, you know, why services are out there to help you out. Exactly. And, hmm. and sometimes there's a real, 
a really, really great strength in if you've not got people around you but you can educate yourself on maybe what's going on or maybe yeah. what you can be doing. If Take you can charge. Pick, yeah, if you can pick yourself back up. I like I think that's really powerful. There was a time where for me I felt like there was no one around me. Yeah. Not true. There yeah. were heaps of people around me, but in my mind I felt that I was totally alone and so I like thought of this idea of putting on my like superhero cape and my superhero <laughs> undies and I'd like walk out of the house and I'd have my own back and that yeah. was that was really cool. But I couldn't have done that if I didn't really know what was going on. And I referred to I referred to the Headspace website and also the Beyond Blue website, which is mm-hmm. another really, really great resource. And also the Reach Out website as yeah. well. And they're like really like geared towards young yeah. people. So I had a bit of a better idea of what was going on. Um, bit of a left field recommendation as well. But something that I loved doing was YouTube videos. Loved watching oh, yeah. people talk about their mental health experiences. I loved, yeah, just any YouTube videos, watching other people's lives. And it almost encouraged me to care less about what other people thought of me. Mm-hmm. I started doing whatever I wanted and I felt fantastic for it so you do you do stand-up comedy yeah I think that's pretty amazing (laughs) I know that a few years ago when I was really down there's no way I would have no way I would have done that was too worried about what everybody else thought so it's such an empowering thing definitely and I mean on the YouTube thing I used to like I used to remember watching a whole bunch of like weird YouTube hacks and like yeah like just totally like left field Mm. videos um where I was suddenly focusing on something that wasn't myself. Yeah, I think it's definitely. really easy when your head's in a bit of a rough place to just be so focused on what you're feeling and what you're looking like and what yeah. you're doing and being able to engage with, like, other people or, you know, social media online in a positive way. I think that's really great. It's like calling time out and yeah, just totally. being like, just wait one second. I'm going to go focus on something else right now, yep. hang out for a little while and, um, yeah, it should be all good. Thanks, peace out. No one talk to me for 20 minutes or maybe even five hours if you're me. <laughs> Very committed to those YouTube vids. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, the changes in your life that could be linked to mental health problems. So we've talked about a couple causes, but change. Change is a big one, especially for young people, because I feel like you go through the most changes from, you know, 12 to 25 than you do in any time of your life. There's adolescence, high school, choosing what you want to do with your life, moving out, getting a career. And you also just develop your sense of self a lot further in those couple of years. I think the person I was when I was 12 I don't know her. I'm not familiar with her because (laughs) you change so much. It's just every day. So, you know, number one, changes in your day-to-day life. So that could be going from high school to uni or even just having a bit of time off of work and you've got a bit more time to yourself. You're Mm. with your own thoughts a little bit longer. Yeah, and I guess, like, another thing about change is that we can't grow into the people that we're going to be without having change. So change is inevitable. But the way that we deal with it, the way that we encounter change, that's what we've got a lot of control over. Yeah. Like, sometimes it feels like our heads and our minds own us, but actually we... We actually... Yeah, exactly. We have the ability to work out how we're going to react to situations. But, you know... Mm. That's not something that we can just do overnight. And I think later on we'll probably chat a bit about change because change is is often quite linked to stress and anxiety and how we deal when our life is suddenly going in a path that we didn't foresee coming. So Yeah, it's almost like manifest reality. If you can, like, you know, think of what you're going to do, that upcoming situation, picture it in your head, how how are you going to tackle it to be successful and really go through those steps. You don't have to follow your plan perfectly, but you will find that you're able to cope with things a lot better when you prepare yourself mentally. Yeah, I swear at the beginning of this year I had plan A and mm. I'm like probably on plan like Y yeah. now. There have yeah. been so many, so many changes in my life and my sense of self and who I am. But I really value that because it's taught me a lot and yeah. it's 
and it's taught me how to kind of take care of myself if those changes are freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, not enjoying things that usually bring you joy. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but I do want to get into something um, that I do a lot, especially when something brings me joy. Maybe I have an issue. So say um, I've got a soccer game coming up and I haven't been training and I know that I'm not going to be as prepared as I can, instead of facing that challenge head on, I'm pretty prone to sticking my head in the sand a little bit and just thinking tomorrow I'll do it or later on today or I'll find a shortcut. Just face it and you'll actually find that you'll get those problems out of the way. I know that's a little one, but you can apply that to anything. Don't stick your head in the sand. Don't ignore it. You know, face up and you can really power through, which is, yeah, fantastic. I remember when I kind of first became aware that maybe something was a little, a little just, I mean, there wasn't something that was totally drastically wrong, but something mm-hmm. could have been maybe yeah. fixed in a sense was I had this, this weird um, kind of change to my, my sleeping. Like I started, my sleeping was like all over the place and similar to you, I found that when I had like work to do that I didn't want to do, mm-hmm. kind of my version You'd of sleep sticking. Sleep it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of sticking my head in the sand, like my way of running away from it yeah. was, was sleeping. Totally. But mean. I also know some friends through like their year 12, they just didn't sleep. They were really anxious, yeah. feeling a little bit low as well. And they their sleeping was all over the place. And at that point I was like, bro, I really think maybe you should get that checked, chat to a doctor, chat to a friend, go and like suss out some some sources that might mm-hmm. be able to help you because changes in sleep and changes in, in appetite are like they're really closely linked to your well-being and, and they can they can have huge effects on yeah. your mental health. Like I became super duper irritated when my sleeping patterns got out of whack. Speaking of sleep, I've just I've Googled it for you all. It's nine and one quarter hours, so nine and 15 minutes is the average amount of sleep sleep that people need the average amount of sleep that teenagers get is seven and seven hours 7.15 don't know how you want me to say that (laughs) um they need between nine and nine and a half hours studies show that most teenagers need exactly 9.25 hours of sleep and teenagers do not get enough sleep for a number of reasons so when you're not sleeping enough you're not right it's almost like filling up a petrol tank a quarter Mm. way but trying to drive it for 100 kilometres yeah, not not a cool time. Mm. I try and I try and sleep as much as I can, but it's this fine line between you're not yep. wanting to oversleep to run away from no. your problems, but you're wanting to like sleep enough so you're mm-hmm. nourishing your body. It's yeah, it's a tricky one, and obviously it does depend from person to person. But having a chat to somebody who knows a bit about either teenagers or sleep or health, they can probably you yeah. know, guide you. Um, um, but yeah, like. There's also hmm. some other things that are important to to think yeah. about when we're talking about, you know, changes in our mood or our body that might be more than just like a small period of time. Definitely. And and those are when like our school or our work or uni or TAFE performances are, are faltering or yeah. they're not going as well or we're kind of kind of not caring overly much about how mm. we're doing. And and that can be for a number of things. Sometimes the stress gets to a point where you just go, oh, I don't want to do anything yeah. else. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, I to- and like, like we were saying, so I would totally sleep through like after school and think I can't do homework because I need to sleep or I wouldn't go to school or uni if I hadn't done something. Um, it's like everyone says you skip uni to get ahead in uni yeah. but you fall back behind yep. with more uni and I yep. feel like that's so, so common. And you know what? I ended up leaving my uni course. I did do a year. I've deferred now because I've got other passions. So as long as you have a goal that you're working towards or something you wake up for in the morning with a purpose, then go for it. 
Yeah, you know, I really think just, that's great. Yeah, I changed, live your best life, guys. Yeah, I, ch- mm. I changed universities at the beginning of this year because mm-hmm. I was at a uni that just totally wasn't suited to me and the people were just not my kinds of people, lovely yeah. people, but just not people I really gelled with. And I felt like everyone would judge me because I was moving unis and I wasn't sure whether I wanted to make this change, but I'm so glad I did yeah. because the new uni that I'm at, I can really pursue my my interests and and if I hadn't taken that big leap, I, yeah. I don't think I would be the happier person that I am today. Yeah. I think um, also some other things to just keep an eye yeah. out for is um, kind of depending on harmful substances, yeah. whether that's drugs or alcohol to feel normal. Yeah. I mean, I know that that can kind of yeah. be a huge topic in itself and I believe mm. we're going to be touching on it We will totally get into that. We'll, in we'll dive out. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to add on to that as well, um, you know, we're not silly either. We're, we're your age. We know that people drink alcohol and go out on the weekends and you do drugs and we're young, we make mistakes, but this isn't about judging. It's just about making sure that you're in full control and yeah. making the right decisions for you and, you know, reaching out to someone if you maybe think that you're dependent on something. Yeah, and doing it on your own mm-hmm. terms as well. Yeah. Like, like not kind of letting the thoughts in your head rule you. Like sometimes you might have a thought going, oh, I need to go out and I need to party really hard so that I can kind of forget mm. the worries that are going yeah. on. And if you start recognising those those patterns in you and you've got a, a friend or a colleague or, you know, a family member who can yeah. help you out, there's absolutely no shame in that. Like yeah. I know a whole bunch of um, like younger male friends of mine, one in particular who was really worried to kind of admit, oh, bugger maybe I'm mm. partying like every Friday Saturday and Sunday yeah every maybe single not week, yeah um because I'm really stressed about uni and when he realized that he was worried that if he spoke out about it the, the boys would be like what are you doing Mickey? Yeah. like why aren't you coming out but yeah. but he's totally changed his routine and his life around by realizing that that was kind of his form of escape yeah so yeah you can use it as self-care I go out all the time love it I've got friends I'm not always at home by myself <laughs> but you know I'm also not I can be at home by myself and I can do things alone and I can pursue my goals and that like those recreational things definitely do not come in the way of what comes first, which is my mental health and, yeah, totally. you know, my everyday goals. And, yeah, that can lead you to feeling down and you'll have concentration problems as well. Yeah. Um, There's also like, you know, sometimes leading kind of on from yeah. concentration problems, like sometimes we get these sort of weird, bizarre, yeah. distressing thoughts and that's kind of – that's. That's a tricky one because sometimes, you know, our brains think up weird stuff. But yes, they do. <laughs> but it's important that we're that we're really kind of just self-aware of whether these things are kind of disturbing and distressing to us, whether these thoughts are making us feel uncomfortable or they're making us not be able to concentrate and interact with others in a in a normal way. And so, like I said, if you're suffering from any of these things, even if you're just feeling sort of unusually stressed or, or worried... Um, that if you're not entirely sure what's going on, there's a whole bunch of places you can go to where you can work that stuff out. Yeah, uh, Headspace. <laughs> you can hang out here. I know we keep dropping Headspace. This is the first podcast, so, you know, and there's a lot of cool stuff here, including free snacks. Yep, so many mm. free snacks. The popcorn mm. is lit. The it best is lit thing them. that's ever happened to me up until this moment has been Cole's Original Popcorn. Thank yep. you very that's much. That's great. Thank you. Um, all right, I think that's, yeah, we've covered a lot there. That was lot- bulky. Yeah, that was a lot of mm-hmm. food for thought. Um, yeah. We'll probably join you in a little bit. We do have Harrison. He's going to be chatting with a couple people from around the Headspace office, some young people just like you guys, just like myself, and they're going to talk about what mental health is and, you know, what it means to them, why is it important to talk about. 
keep tuning in. We'll yeah. uh, be back soon. Yeah, when we're back, we'll talk about taboo also. Oh, fancy. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Harrison, and I'm the host who's going to be out and about in the field each week. A little bit about me before we get into this week is I love music, I love the outdoors, and I love it when the two are combined, so I particularly love music festivals, and my favourite would po- probably be Unify Festival, which is held in Victoria every year. A little bit about my education is I've got a Bachelor of Communication and, and Media from the University of South Australia, and I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Science at the University of Adelaide. The reason I got involved with Headspace is because I'd love to lead by example and show my friends and family and just the general public that it's completely okay to speak to one another because like a lot of people, I've gone through my own tough tough stages in life where I thought it wasn't okay to talk to anyone, but if I had spoken to somebody, it probably really would have helped me out. So this week for the interviews, I had caught up with V, Michelle and Ella, who are all volunteers at the Headspace Centre in Adelaide. We sat down and had a chat about what is mental health and what does it mean to you. Hi, my name's Ella. I'm a youth ambassador for Headspace Adelaide and Headspace No Longer. I've been with Headspace for just over three years now, going into schools and sports clubs. Um, I think mental health has become super important over the years to not just me but this whole generation. I think it's important to me personally because I struggled with my own mental health issues from probably from, from probably about 15 years old. I struggled and Headspace No Longer helped me on my way to get to university and helped me through a really tough time I had going on at home. So for really personal reasons, um, mental health and mental well-being is super important. Um, I show my gratitude to Headspace by giving back with my volunteer role and I love it. Um, in why people should talk about it, um, breaking down that stigma is, is the most important thing we can do. This podcast is a reason why that is so amazing and it's being done by these great people here. Um, when people talk about it, it just takes away that power of the stigma that is still attached to it if we talk about it the more we talk about it the more open we are about it the the negative connotation just goes away very slowly but I think we're getting there so it's just really great work. Hi I'm V or Vedanta and I'm here to talk about why mental health is important and um, what it means to me. Um, I come from um, I'm basically from India but I've lived in Singapore for the last five years and I've come here to do my master's in counselling and psychotherapy. So I've done my bachelor's in psychology as well. So I've always been very closely attached to mental health in a way. I just feel like um, it's important because we have to talk about it, you know. This stuff shouldn't even have to be talked about. Do we talk about, like, physical health or physiological health? Like, it's just a taken that, um, you know, it's important. So I just feel for everybody's well-being, there is an equal weightage on both your physical and mental health. And um, I personally believe, like, you can control your body with your mind. Like, if you're sick, you know, for example, and you just tell yourself that, no, I have to go out, you'll automatically start feeling better. And I just coming from India, it's been so stigmatized. And there's such a... It's it's just that um, people are always scared to talk about this. And there is literally 
this thing attached where they say that if someone is going to a psychologist or a counselor or a psychiatrist, there's like, oh, but what's wrong with you? Uh, hi, my name is Michelle Chan, and I'm starting my role as a Headspace uh, Youth Ambassador soon. Uh, I guess the reason mental health is important to me is uh, that I grew up around people with, I'm just going to say certain mental health issues, and it just propelled me to be uh, really interested uh, in the subject. You know, I think I had a different perspective uh, growing up of what it felt like from uh, that side to be able to see that kind of uh, sort of intrinsic stigma. I think a lot of the things that people uh, don't notice in the way that people with uh, mental health issues, especially if they're uh, very evident and very much uh, outwardly expressed, is that there's just a lot of everyday stigma in like everyday interactions. Uh, you know, kids in the playground, people in the store, that goes along with that. Um, and that was one of the things that really propelled me to take an interest in mental health issues and mental illnesses. And I'm currently studying in my third year of a Bachelor of Psychology degree uh, at UniSA. And I really want to continue that and become, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, become a clinical psychologist uh, in the future and really take an active role in that. But um, I'm really glad that mental health issues uh, are something that are just becoming uh, so much more accessible to talk about uh, in this day and age with um, organizations like Headspace, but also organizations like Lifeline, where people can just call up and have a, a chat to somebody who really can understand what's going on. Uh, places uh, such as Beyond Blue, uh, days like Are You Okay Day, you know, it's becoming more and more okay. And we're back. We are yeah. back. And we ate some popcorn, as we were mentioning earlier, our favourite thing in the world. Thank you. Thank you, life. It was so good and I was like shoveling it in my mouth yeah. and like you know how some people take a dainty little mm. singular popped piece of corn yeah. and like put and serve it in my gob. And yeah, who are you? I, I don't know. If you, if you eat popcorn just like one by one, I feel like that's such a slow process. Not therapeutic either. I know that no. that may be a reason behind it, but I refuse to accept your reasoning for eating popcorn hesitantly. Shove no. it all in. Yep. Have it. All popcorn. At once. Embrace it. It's the future. <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn. Headspace. This podcast. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the stigma that surrounds popcorn. No, we're talking mental health this episode. Stigma. Yes, stigma. What is it? Uh, mm. Very common question. And also a lot of the time stigma can kind of uh, be un unknown, unrecognised, yes. kind of lurking. It's like the subconscious stigma. Like no one actually says, I have a stigmatised opinion that is directly related to mental health. It's, you know. Or what stigma. you're doing is, you know, stigmatising me and yeah. my experiences. Yeah. We don't really, we don't no. generally say that. But um, stigma. So, okay, hmm. we're going to tell you what it is now. We're, we're, we're yeah. off our, off our uh, popcorn high. Right. So stigma and the harmful effects of it can include but are not... Um, refined yeah. to. Can include but not limited to. Yes, that's yes. where I was going with that one. Mm -hmm. Basically a reluctance to seek help yeah. or support. Um, and there's also like a lack of understanding by friends, family, co-workers and other people, which I think for me like that one really resonated with mm -hmm. me because sometimes people think that um, they're not doing anything wrong. They just don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. But there's a fine line between that and then also not really wanting to understand. Or can't, they can't be bothered looking it up or yeah. maybe stepping outside of their own situation and thinking, 
what's going on with this other person. There's a lot of hearing, not a lot of listening. Recently, exactly. And so. that can be a really tricky thing if you've got a trusted friend or a family member or someone you work mm-hmm. with who kind of is just dismissing what you're going through or they're just not really interested in understanding your feelings and, yeah. what, and you know, what you're experiencing. And that can be that can be really rough. So that's sort of yeah. one form that stigma can come in. Yeah. Um, and on top of that is sort of the reluctance to seek help or, or yeah. support. Sometimes misunderstanding can be, you know, translated to not caring. That's not mm. always the case. You do need to give people time, but we know what it's like when people don't get you. They're not vibing. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> vibing. I'm not never going to say that again. <laughs> um, there's also another form of stigma mm-hmm. which can kind of come in in the form of like lack of opportunities. So whether it's lack of opportunities at work or or you're having trouble finding housing when you need to yeah. you need to get a house, and sometimes people are kind of looking at you and maybe yeah. they know that you're suffering from some mental health issues, and they're kind of not giving you the opportunity yeah. to to like capitalise on that and get a house or like if you're, you know, say you're in a a sporting team, right? There's an A team and like a B team and a C team and the coach, he's a crappy coach. Um, Not all coaches are like this, I'm sure. Screw him. Yeah. Mean coach. Yeah. But he like, he knows, you know, Maya over here, she gets like really panicked and really anxious, even though she's good enough to be in the A team. I'm going to put her in the C team, which is just... Yeah, she's not strong enough. Yeah, like it's the non-competitive team and Mm -hmm. and even though she'll be really bored there, I'm going to put her there because I just don't think she could cope in the A team. I totally get that. That's that's an example of, of stigma as well. Mm-hmm. And there are a few more. Yeah, there's bullying, physical violence or harassment. So, you know, what we're saying there is you, if you have a stigma attached to you, you are more prone to bullying and physical violence and harassment if you're in an environment where people just don't understand. So say, for example, um, you know, I'm Paris and I suffer from anxiety. I don't, for hypothetical sake, I do in this role play. I suffer from anxiety and a bully knows that I'm, you know, I'm a little bit sensitive, a little bit prone and I get worked up before going to parties and then when I finally do step out into that party and I'm almost victimised for that Mm. or, you know, pointed out, it's hard to explain but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a less popular opinion, but I know that some people can think that these issues are sort of non-existent or Mm -hmm. they're like a generational thing or it's like... You know, the millennials that are just whinging about yeah. about life. And that can be particularly annoying. Yeah, or people say, like, this person chooses to live their way. If they just did exactly what I told them, their life would be so much easier. If they just so try much better. Yeah. harder. That's the worst when people tell you to yeah. try harder. I mean, I know that... Um, I've got friends whose parents are quite a bit older than, than my parents yeah. and their mindset around mental health and well-being is is in my opinion kind of totally. skewed like it's yeah. really weird they just Backwards. go if john just got out of bed and just like went for a run mm. in the morning then he'd be fine if you just worked out you'd feel a lot better like yeah. that is not the case whatsoever i am going to give a little bit of a definition and that is what stigma is exactly mm. you know the dictionary it says a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance quality or person so you know, that's a pretty harsh definition, but it is, you know, in the dictionary makes it pretty clear what we're trying to say. So, you know, people will disgrace you for sometimes things that are out of your control and absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, so there's another there's another element which is kind of a little weird, a little more unknown. I certainly didn't know about it um, prior 
to doing this podcast, I actually had to check because I was like, oh, I'm not overly familiar with this. But it's the mm-hmm. um, it's the belief that you'll never succeed at certain challenges or in life or that you can't improve your situation. And I was going, why is this stigma? And then I was informed that this is an example of stigmatizing yourself so if you want to work out whether you're doing that you can kind of look at what you're saying and you go would I say that to like my brother or my auntie or my best friend oh no I wouldn't because that's that's crap yeah like if I wouldn't say it to someone else's face or give it as conscious advice why am I giving it to myself why am I doing this really think that through yeah so that's self-stigmatization where Mm -hmm. you're basically putting a stigma on yourself not cool because we really need to be our own best friend in life I'm a big believer of being able to be there for yourself and being your own best friend. So, yeah. Yeah. It's best to try not to to be nasty about yourself, but easier said than done, depending. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some steps to cope with stigma. Paris, you've got Coping this with. Yeah. under All right. your belt. Yes, I do. Number one, get support. So that's a classic one. We've been talking about it all episode, but reach out to Headspace, reach out to your safe places, your school counsellor, your best friend, your mum, your dad. Maybe not a random on the street, but I mean, you could if you, you know, you wanted, if but probably not. Us, message us, let us know. We're here on the podcast to talk with you. So reach out, just get support from wherever you can. From there, don't let the stigma create self-doubt. So don't let what you think other people may think about your mental health um, issues or problems stop you from reaching out to other people, I think. Yeah. And also, like, if people are vocalising that really crappy stigma, you yeah. you do not have to listen to that. You no should way. not listen don't to that. Don't take that. You know, people, people talk about shit stuff all the time and they can be really harsh and it can be totally unwarranted and you do not have to take that on. At all. And it's also important to not isolate yourself. Sometimes when we're feeling crappy, like the last thing we want to do is, is, you know, go out. And you don't have to go out, but, like, the last thing you might want to do is go to your dance class or, you know, whatever. But um, sometimes staying really within yourself just makes it really hard to get out of your own head. And that can be a a really bad feeling. And the thing is that we can guess what other people will think of us or we can maybe you know, we can predict how conversations may go, but you actually don't know. So don't stop that fear. Don't let the fear of striking out stop you from playing the game. Uh That's an (laughs) inspirational quote. But in all seriousness, don't let that fear of other people judging you stop you from trying it out because you may find that your, you know, your guy friend who you think is really closed off is actually a really good support system for you if you just let him know that something's going on. Totally. And Mm. another kind of thing to look out for is not equating yourself with illness. You know, if, if, if you're suffering from a mental illness, that's not what you are. Like you no, are a lot more. You're a person than, first. You're, yeah, you're a lot more than your thoughts and the chemicals going on in your brain. And you just need to remember that that you know you're a huge conglomeration of memories and weird facts about you. And you know you're kind of weird obsession mm. with memes or you yeah the way you interact with other people like you're your so slime much, hobby yeah totally I've got a major mm. like ASMR slime hobby it's weird not sure if anybody else does that but I watch like those slime yes. videos on Instagram I'm whispering about slime because it's a bit asmr <laughs> that was a special in itself but yeah <laughs> yeah all those little weird things you know you're more than that you're the person first you're a young person who's dealing with you're not a young exactly. person with or you're not 
depressed. You, exactly, you know, that's not yeah, you. Totally. That's not your whole life. You've actually probably got so much more going for you. Well, I can tell you 100% that you do because if you want those things to happen in your life, you can make it. Exactly. So I was so lucky to have Paige Burton from the UN come in and have a chat to us about mental health and what she's been doing in the past year. She's awesome. She's so smart. Super lovely. So great and fun and she had so much to say to us about her struggles and her triumphs in the last year. So make sure you're tuning into that. Paris does a stellar job of oh, yes. interviewing. It was, I think, I think the best I've ever seen mm-hmm. you yet. Yeah, and there was uh, popcorn involved of as course well. Was. So, was yeah, she's our UN youth representative. Enjoy what she's got to say, guys. Take it into account because, you know, could be you next. So here I am with Paige today, Paige Burton. She is our youth representative in the UN for Australia. How are you, Paige? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. How are you feeling in Adelaide? The bad weather outside at the moment? It's pretty good. It's been pretty good compared to some other places I've been, so Uh enjoying it a lot. Where were you last before here? Uh, I was in Perth and it rained the entire time I was there. Mm, Perth, you know, classic Perth. (laughs) All right, so you are our youth rep in the UN. Um, What was the process of getting into that? Um, it's, so it's an application process yep. is the boring answer to that. Um, yep. but my background's kind of been working with young people at an organization called UN Youth Australia, which is run by, uh, people under the age of 25 for high school students, primarily across the country. Yeah. Awesome. So like what made you want to get into that then? Um, uh, when I was in high school, I went to one of their events, uh, and kind of found a group of people who cared about learning and kind of nerdy stuff that I did in high school yep. uh, and kind of found, I guess, my people and that really cliche kind of thing. Uh, yeah. and then sort of threw myself into doing lots of different things, um, with them. Awesome. So you found a bit of a community and then just ran with it. I guess that's similar to what we do here at Headspace with our ambassador program and kids in high school. So, yeah, that's definitely awesome. Um, Why do you feel like it's important to give the young people a voice? Um, I just think that, like, young people – I know that young people have kind of nuanced and interesting ways to contribute to public debate and discourse and don't have any kind of legitimate spaces for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've met with tens of thousands of young people this year and all of them have something to contribute to really big discussions mm. and they're often reduced down to kind of like a hashtag or, yeah. you know, come and tweet at us about your feelings at the government instead of kind of giving a real permanent space for that. Yeah, and what do you have to say to young people who don't feel like they have that voice and when their opinions are shot down, do you have, you know, a borderline statement that is a, here you go, this is my advice to you, if you want to get out there then speak up? I think it's really hard. I think that like obviously young people should try and speak up and try and fight that kind of social pressure but also to understand that young people aren't competing with each other. I think it's really really important that we don't cut each other down. Um, Often a response that I get to to stuff that I ask is oh well I'm not like other young people I read the news. I'm like actually you kind of are like other young people who read the news like you're not competing with each other so kind of raise each other's voices is really really important and say actually yeah I think that too instead of trying to cut down and try and beat other young people to being the most informed or the most like interested I guess. Yeah definitely it's almost like we're building a team and we need to bring in those new platforms and use them to our advantage rather than you know knock each other down. I yeah, totally absolutely. get that. So yeah with that what direction would you like to see us moving um, in respects to youth mental health? I mean how do you think having a voice affects that? I mean, obviously, like, a big part of uh, young people and youth mental health is feeling isolated and feeling like they don't 
they're not supported um, it, to do the things that they want to do or they don't have anyone to talk to. Um, and kind of my ideal society, I guess, looks like one where the government and, and society and people in general imagine young people with the kind of complexity that they deserve mm. and see that young people's opinions are a product of their values and experiences in their life instead of just of their age, I guess. Awesome. And it almost comes full circle. As you said, you found a community when you were, you know, voicing your opinions back in high school. It's really about building from the ground level up and now here you are representing us youth in the UN, which is fantastic. Um, and further into that, just to get a little bit deeper about our issues, over here in Australia, um, a big one is Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander youth and how we can work to better their mental health and what can we do to, you know, really emphasise the importance of their opinions? Yeah, I think it's a really hard question, a very hard question for me to answer as someone who isn't you know, Aboriginal yeah. or Torres Strait Islander. I think mm -hmm. A lot of that is spending time in communities and hearing how they want to deal with issues um, because often the conversation is from people like myself from cities uh, who don't have a lot of experience with that. Um, and it is about going to communities and seeing what they want and how they think uh, their needs are best addressed uh, rather than us kind of coming in and saying, well, this has worked in other places yep. and this is how it's going to work for you. Yeah, and saying this is what you need rather than this is what you want because we don't understand the experience. Um, in your travels around Australia in the last uh, almost year, I suppose, have like, have you been able to get out to any communities? I have. I've uh, been to a few in uh, the Northern Territory, far north, New South Wales, and I will go to some more in Queensland as well. Yeah, fantastic. How did you find it? Um, interesting. I think that like people were like are you surprised are you shocked that people have opinions like no yeah. not really like I've just like mostly they're just kind of overwhelmed that someone's come to listen mm -hmm. um and that's largely responsive not only like those super remote communities but regional um schools or schools from low SES backgrounds of like actually we're just really grateful that you're listening to us um and yeah. they're often the places where people are like don't go there it's going to be a lot of trouble it's going to be really hard um, and they're the ones that I find kind of most interesting because of the kids who are, who are like, actually, no one ever spends time listening to us. So thank you so much. Like, I am going to take this opportunity to tell you what I think. Um, and so that's been really rewarding for me, but hopefully, like, useful for them as well. Like, who's inspired you along the way or...? Yeah, I think it's a really tough question. Uh, I mm -hmm. thought about it a little bit before. Um, obviously, like it's a, the cheesy cliche answer is definitely my mum, who is like the, the most amazing person. Uh, she has, you know, raised like eight children essentially over the last uh, what twenty two years. Um, yeah, and is like pretty amazing and incredible, hardworking uh, woman who does incredible things uh, for her family, but also. Um, a bunch of different people that I've worked with in the non-profit sector, whether that is, like, the first person who hired me, uh, who mm -hmm. welcomed me into a community of Australian civil society, but also all the people that I've met along the way um, who are supportive, like, genuinely very supportive of young people and the kind of things that we've been doing this year, um, from, like, incredible teachers working in remote areas in the Northern Territory and Victoria, um, kind of all over the country. So those people who really genuinely care, and young people, uh, care about young people, I think, are super influential, um, not necessarily just for me but for, for so many people across Australia and I don't think they realise um, how valuable they are. Yeah fantastic so just to get back to more about how you were growing up you said you were one of eight? Yes. Yeah so how do you think that's affected you having seven siblings just the person you are today has it had a pretty big impact I can imagine? Yeah I'm the oldest as well um, mm -hmm. so you know lots of um, kids running around and, and, yeah. and we're all very different as well so 
Yeah, a lot yeah. of diversity in one house. Yeah, um, and it's, it's always been very interesting. I guess, I don't know, I couldn't really think about doing it any other way, I guess, now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously that's been a really interesting way to think about, like, uh, the different schools that were involved in the house and the different, like, my brothers are tradesmen um, and some of them are at university and, like, there's just a big diversity of, of opinion and background in one house. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's just as simple as finding your voice in one house. It's almost like we've dwelled on this a lot but finding your voice in community and in the world and even just amongst eight kids you've done so well to pull away and you've obviously you're representing us in the youth UN so that's amazing to you know come out of it not like it was a traumatizing experience but you know it's fantastic (laughs) to have that type of support if you could put a name to it what do you think your greatest achievement has been and what were the pressures that came with it oh it that's a very hard question being on the headspace podcast (laughs) well this is pretty great um (laughs) And 10 years interview. No, um, I think it's a very hard question and I'm not sure. I think uh, one thing that I'm really proud of doing this year is sharing the stories of young Australians across the country. Um, so I've been asking individuals to kind of share what they wish the government knew and considered about them and their life when making policy and decisions. And so every day I put up another photo um, with a story of a young person and I think that's a really empowering experience for them and having the response from the community being like, oh, these young people have these really intelligent contributions. I think every time we do that and we have a positive conversation about young people, that's a really big achievement. Um, and so for me, that that feels really important. It probably doesn't seem like the most interesting thing that I've done maybe, but I think it is something yeah. that I'm very proud of. Yeah, it's something to be proud of. And on that as well, I just want to talk a little bit more about you and your mission and, you know, what's your goal for this whole journey? Yeah, this is very hard. So um, this year I'm meeting tens of thousands of young people, hopefully uh, in the next, by the end of the month, we'll have had about 50 to 70,000 people um, take part in the program and share their thoughts and feelings. Um, but obviously it's a very long uh, consultation for a very short kind of report at the, at the UN. Yeah. Um, so I'm basically we'll have data for every electorate in the country. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do a report for every MP. And what wow. we do is at the end of the year have young people from each electorate rock up to their MP's office and say, hey, these are the top issues for your electorate and these are the solutions that we have for them. So we're going to have a range of people from 12 to 25, people in uni, people out of uni, people in high school, people in primary school. Yeah, fantastic. Rocking up to their MP's office and saying, hey, this is what we care about. So trying to make it a little bit more tangible, a little bit more specific, mm. um, having recommendations and stuff because my whole consultation is get around solutions to problems. So it's asking like what is it that you think should be done about stuff rather than like what are you complaining about yeah so the first question is what's the problem and then how can we fix it rather than what's the problem yell it at your local representative and hope that they can work it out yeah yeah that's awesome okay so I want to go through a couple of your tweets and just what they mean to you is that all good (laughs) yeah sure yeah awesome so the first one is I wish that more people understood that when I ask for equality they're not asking for supremacy so how are you feeling at that time was there a specific (laughs) you know specific specific event that happened feel free to share it with us I mean really want to get into it yeah I I think there probably was yeah I I remember being quite angry when I wrote that tweet (laughs) uh I think it may have been about marriage equality um, at the time it's a big topic at the moment especially today yeah um and I just think there is uh and it was actually it was specifically about a conversation I had with someone about gender equality um yeah so there was a conversation, like one of the consultations we came up with, like someone was like talking about gender equality. And I think it was, it was a, like a teacher or supervisor, like someone who wasn't one of the students mm-hmm. was like, this says gender equality and women's rights. Yeah. Why does it say women's rights when we just want 
gender equality. Yeah, why is it both? Yeah, and I was kind of just like, well, the whole point is Wait. about you know, equality. Yeah. It's, not, it's not trying to – we're not trying to take over that movement. Yeah. It's just talking about – Yeah, like the point is giving women their rights to create equality rather than giving women more rights. Yeah, no, I totally yes. get that. Um, so, yeah, the internet enjoyed that as a, as a tweet. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Very articulate. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I butchered it when I said it. It was fine. <laughs> All right. So I've got um, three more for you. Sure. One is please don't forget that educational inequality exists in Australia. It's a massive thing here, not just overseas. Yeah, I think um, we're very good in Australia at thinking about stuff like inequality as being something quite foreign to us um, mm-hmm. particularly people who live in cities or you know went to private schools or went to well-funded like myself went to well-funded public school um, and I've been to lots of schools this year like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of schools um, and yeah there are schools in the country that like don't have enough chairs for all the classrooms so they have yeah. to share the chairs and then move them around and stuff or and they don't have a school hall or they don't have a playing field or whatever and here I definitely find we have that mentality that if it doesn't affect us then it's not a problem have you seen that yeah um yeah and it's just really upsetting I think also just like largely that that is due to the fact that people just don't realize I think mm-hmm. that we think about the schools near us and probably they're okay. Yeah. Um, but there are, yeah, so many schools that are really underfunded and so many teachers doing a really good job of trying to address that. And you have all these teachers coming into schools being like, this school has never had a student council. I've never had student leaders. Yeah. I've never had a sports team. We ought to set something up so these kids have an opportunity that is vaguely similar to what I had when I was growing up or yeah, whatever. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it's just something that I think gets missed a lot, um, which is – you notice when you have it kind of juxtaposed between a school with three swimming pools and then a school with no heating yeah. and you have that day after day, I think that that, would, that hit me at a point when I was yeah, in the country. Definitely. And when you're in and out, you can be going to a really well-funded private school where they're playing tennis at lunch and recess and doing swimming laps of their Olympic pool and then, yeah, you head down to a like less-funded school where they're struggling for laptops. So, yeah, definitely. All right, I have another. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, don't let anyone tell you that young people don't care about adult issues. This is a good one. Yeah, um, I have, think, we, again, we have this idea that there are young people issues, which are like cyberbullying uh, and peer pressure and like posting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are like adult issues, which is like taxes and yeah the economy and just things that are like you know things that will affect us in the totally. future um and the reason I did that I think there was there was something I was responding to at the time but um basically the the top kind of results from my consultation so far I haven't gone deep into the data suggests that the top 10 issues are basically the exact same issues yeah that would have been the, the like adult election issues so yeah. um you know young people care about housing affordability it's like actually the number one response in the consultation so far mm-hmm. um young people care about you know, rising inequality and the strength of the economy and foreign aid and a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, that, again, comes back to that simplification of, of young people and the way that they think about issues uh, and the way that people talk about them um, as being kind of centred around this internet that happens after school yeah. and nothing else. Have you found that young people are almost pushed out of taking action because our concerns aren't taken seriously? Yeah, um, I, again, I haven't gone through all the data yet, but I think, yeah. like, one of the, like, overarching things is, like, one of the questions is I feel represented or I feel like my opinions are represented by people mm-hmm. who are in the government or my decision-makers, and that's a very low 
number um, of people who, who feel represented, which is really upsetting. Um, and I think a lot of it's to do with that kind of rhetoric we have of young people, you know, being dumb hoons or there was this yeah. article called, like, One Direction's new single was undeniably catchy but then so was Ebola. Like, yeah. this kind of idea that young people are only out to cause trouble or whatever. Um, and the problem with that is, like, one, young people are doing amazing things across the country all the time, but they're also doing, like, thoroughly normal things, mm-hmm. um, just normal growing up things uh, yeah. that, that isn't recorded either. So you're going to get these really weird extremes. That are sometimes seen as disrupting a system, but rather it's just modifying it to what the next generation wants. So. Yeah, and when you're constantly being um, spoken about as if you, like, don't buy enough diamonds but you also buy too much avocado, like, yeah. I don't know why you want to go out and do things necessarily. I think it is really really disengaging when we talk about young people like that. Yeah, definitely. Almost like young people, until they make a conscious effort, that's when it starts to be criticised and that's when people say, why aren't you doing more when, you know, you need your normal life and, you know, your effort life, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last one is people who comment fake on close-up magic videos. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> I mean, what needs to be said? Uh, my YouTube recommended is a bizarre place uh, and I find mm-hmm. myself on many country train trips Yeah, and uh, I am partial to watching the odd, uh, like, you know, Australia's Got Talent audition. <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of magicians now, as it turns out, yeah. and people have a lot of feelings online. Um, mm. Was that? There's really no explanation. Yeah, I mean... Other than yeah. you've revealed my not secret love for close-up magic. <laughs> not many real wizards strolling around <laughs> the streets of Australia. Unfortunately, I'm sure you'd know with all of your travels as well. Um, all right, so for the future, do you have any pipeline projects you're working on after you, you know, you've wrapped up here at the UN? It's this November that you'll hand over the torch, I suppose. What's next? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, Fantastic. And <laughs> that's terrifying, but also yeah. kind of great. Uh, I still have to finish my degree. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a few subjects left, so I'll be back in Sydney. Um, but what is it you're studying? I'm Sorry. studying government international relations and American studies. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so I have a few subjects left, so I'll probably be doing something in Sydney. I'd love to get back in the non-profit sector. Yeah. I've missed being around. Yeah, uh, cool like the amazing people who work there and, and do those things. I don't know what yet or what that looks like. But Can you see in yourself in another 10 years trying to get back into the UN stay involved? Or? Maybe 10 years might be a bit too soon, I think. Um, <laughs> it's It's been a really interesting interesting year. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, I, like I've missed out on those kind of more exciting rapid turnaround response campaign kind of stuff that I can't really do. Um, obviously, as a representative, uh, having opinions... Um, I have to kind of represent the diversity of Australian young people and their opinions, so it's very hard to to get on board with the kind of stuff that I really like doing uh, online and and in response to things that are happening around the country as well. So looking forward to getting back into that. Yeah, can't wait to see what you do next. So Paige, how has travelling so much and being so flat out over the past year affected your mental health? Yep, it is an interesting question. It's been mm-hmm. it's been tough, actually, genuinely. Um, like, obviously, the question that I'm asking is quite a personal one. Um, yeah. They're like, what do you wish the government knew about your life and your story? And people answer that question. And some of those questions are very... And the answers are very confronting. Um, and that's a very hard thing to do and have that conversation kind of day after day with people when they're talking about their experience with the healthcare system or foster care or the kind of whatever happened in their lives. So I, I found that quite challenging, actually, Um I've been pretty lucky to have a very good community of people uh, around me to have those conversations, but it has been really difficult. Um, Also, my health is not amazing in general, um, so travelling has been quite tiring um, physically, but I think largely, like, the kind of downs are made up for by the, 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 like, amazing um, kind of conversation we've been having with young people as well. But it is really important to 
to recognise that that is a tough thing to do, to have those conversations. And I know a lot of people who do consultations struggle with that. Um, and it's nice to have a, a bunch of people who kind of like, I'll call you and we can chat about this like terrible conversation mm-hmm. you have. And I think that's really, really important and something that you and youth has done really well in supporting yeah. me. Um, yeah, but it's been, yeah, it's been largely good. Uh, but I think it is. it was more challenging than I kind of expected. Yeah, definitely. And other than, you know, reaching out and talking about these difficult conversations you're having, is there anything you do to get a bit of time out, a little bit of peace um, amongst all the busyness of your life? Oh, it is very busy, isn't it? Um, I... I don't know, I, I'm partial to just sitting on a train or something and looking out the window and listening to music uh, and, and musicals and what have you. Um, yeah, no, mostly that. I like to be surrounded by people where I can, so I spend most of my time, free time, doing that also, whether that's just sitting around watching a movie or just sitting around in silence. I quite like having people around. Um, yeah. And this year I've obviously been separated from, like, my core group of people. Um, so I've been really lucky to have that kind of broader community um, of the non-profit sector to hang out with in every state as well. So Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to just have a little bit of time, unwind and not have to think about those, you know, tough issues that yeah, you totally. do have to confront every single day because it's part of the role. So we're here with Paige Burton today on the Headspace Sessions podcast and I've got a couple of quickfire questions just so that we can get to know her. Are you ready, Paige? Yep, let's do it. Fantastic. So, cast someone to play you in a movie about your life. Uh, um, someone told me the answer to this question the other day was Ellen Page, so oh, we'll just go with that's it. That's a good one. Love Ellen Page. All right. Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, crocodile, probably. Mm, different. Morning or night? Night. Least favourite drink? Oh, soda water. Oh, I can relate to that. <laughs> Last song you listened to? Uh, it was Alexander Hamilton. Pineapple pizza? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Uh, pineapple on pizza, I, I don't feel strongly. I don't mind. It's good. Worst movie you've ever seen? Uh, it is a film called Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage where they literally swap faces. <laughs> what colour is your toothbrush? It is purple. Mm, average bedtime? Uh, it's not a pleasant one. Uh, I don't know, two, one. Broccoli or Brussels sprouts? Broccoli. And last TV show you binge-watched? Uh, what did I binge-watch? Suits. Ah, uh, I yeah. knew it. I guessed that one before <laughs> you came in. Go me. All right. So thanks so much for coming in, Paige. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you about your experience as our Youth UN rep. Um, where can we find you and see what you do end up doing in the future? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mm-hmm. Paige underscore Burton. Um, for the rest of the year, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash UN Youth Rep. Uh, and if you want to do the survey, you can do it at bit.ly slash youth rep survey. Fantastic. I definitely do encourage you, anyone listening, to do the survey and get involved. We'd love to hear more from you in the future. Thanks so much, Paige. Thank you so much. Swing, so let's talk footy with... Dad, I know you think that everything's all right with me, but it's not. Things are getting on top of me. I need your help. A lot of things go unsaid between young men and their dads, but some things get worse if they don't get talked about. At Headspace, we've got ways to help, making it easier to start a conversation about mental health. This is episode one. You're almost at the end. Numero uno. You have made it, survived, and if it was Uh, only my mum listening, 
That's sad, but thanks, Mum. Thanks, Mum. Fam. <laughs> thanks. You're really great. Um, but yeah, this is that that is kind of central to what we're trying to do. Yeah. We are trying to to encourage young people to talk about these issues. And later on in further podcasts, we'll be asking you guys to engage with us, whether it's sort of on various social media platforms. We're going to be sussing it all out. We're kind of going to test the waters with this first episode. Mm -hmm. But we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your experiences. If you've got any advice, like, for us about how we're filming this like oh you know I wish you would talk about this or I really loved the way you talked about this that's super super valuable yeah it's awesome you know we're dipping our toes in but we're ready to really get in the pool now we want to get involved we want to hear from you and we want to talk more so we've got a couple resources that we're going to share with you also you can go to the headspace.org.au Adelaide website that's us Hit us up. Mm. I'm just going to add in that that's forward slash Adelaide. Uh, forward slash Adelaide. I, I do this every time. I do mm. it all the time with websites. I forget the forward slash and I forget like the dot oh, com or AU whole thing. And it's yeah. like the worst. Tragic. We also have social media as well here We're in the land of the future. You can follow us on Headspace Adelaide. Just to remind you of who you're actually talking to though. Paris Humphrey and... Maya Stewardson. So, you know, you can find us. Exactly. Mm. And we also want to let you know that our next our next podcast, that's right, we're making another one, Lucky You, <laughs> is um, entitled Battle of the Butterflies. It's an anxiety special. Yes. So we'll talk about it later on in the podcast, but anxiety is something that everybody in their life experiences at some point, whether it's in Definitely. just, you know, being in an anxious situation or actually suffering from an anxiety disorder. We'll get into all of that. But yeah, we'll be talking to some awesome people on that as well, yeah, which I could not be more excited for. Um, submit a question. We will have an online form that you guys can, you know, suss out. If you've got questions and you do want to, like, open that discussion with us, then that is where to do it other than our social media platforms. Um, other than that, that's all good. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining us here today. We it's hope so we fun. weren't too rusty. We ate popcorn and mm-hmm. had some good chats. Yeah. Some people were interviewed and they were super amazing to have on board. So please... Keep on tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your schools, tell your workplaces, your unis, if there's groups that you're involved in where maybe at least one person could benefit from this podcast, do let them know. Yeah, and share us online as well. You know, share the link, share the post. Give us a like. Get us involved. You know, if if not for you, for us, you know, keep our sanity um, intact. Thank you very much. And a big thank you to our writers as well. Chuck their names out there. They are Eddie Lucas. Sam and Lucy. I think I got them all. Yep. One, two, three, four. Thank you so much. And also, I'm sure Harrison will say so long at some point. But Harrison's already gone. Oh, has Harrison left? Is he gone? We'll find out. You'll know while you're listening. (laughs) But thank you so much for joining us here today and um, have a really rad night, day, Arvo. Listen to you soon. Listen to us soon. I think something like that. Yeah, that was good. All right. Bye. We're back, guys. I was definitely lying when I said you wouldn't hear from us for a couple of weeks. So if you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health issue, you can give them these links, call these numbers and, you know, there's somewhere to reach out. So number one, Kids, Kids Helpline, 1-800-55-1800. And we've also got Headspace, which is 1-800-650-890. Reachout.com is just www reachout.com.au and then we've got lifeline which is 13 11 14 fantastic all right so remember those links remember the numbers thanks for listening see ya